Hey everybody, Chibi here. Before we get into today's conversation, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for showing us that you care about poetry and getting to know more poets across this country. If you've liked what you've heard so far, please make sure to hit that subscribe button, share these episodes, tell a friend, rate and review us wherever you can. And if you want to know more about the things and the initiatives that we are putting in place, you can look us up on Facebook at The Blah Poetry Spot. That is B-L-A-H, The Blah Poetry Spot on Facebook or Write Art Out on Instagram. That's W-R-I-T-E-A-R-T-O-U-T, Write Art Out. Thank you so much, and without further ado, let's get into today's conversation. That is Eddie Vega. And that is Chibirdunya. And this is Words. And Shit. Where you get to know the person behind the poetry. Oh, yeah. Hey, Chibi, have you ever had, like, an argument on social media? I mean, like, like a knockdown drag out fight with someone on social media that you didn't know. I don't know about that. I didn't know because I don't know if you know this about me. I think you do. I think most people do. I'm a pretty non-confrontational person off stage. You know, my poetry is going to be in your face, but off the stage, I'm non-confrontational. I'm a pacifist. I'm all kumbaya and om and namaste, right? Uh, so if I don't know you and you starting some shit, we got om friend real quick. You know, <laughs> control, alt, delete, block, whatever we need to do. But if I know you know you and you talking some whack ass shit, we gonna have a conversation. And I will say these past few months in quarantine, leading up to this election i've had some knockout brawls on social media some conversations some some conversations some some debates uh and i'm not going to get into the specifics of it but it was like i can't let this fly i can't you know just let you say what you are saying without pointing out that you are saying some ignorant shit right now ignorant shit and we go back and forth for a while until finally, bless your heart, bless your heart, friend, which is the Southern version of saying, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, not me. I mean, like sometimes uh, I will get on, like when I'm, when I'm feeling it, when I'm feeling that I need an outlet uh, or I'm just bored sometimes, I'll go to a news site. I'll go through to like uh, the Rivard Report, our local uh, news. Um, I'll go to, to their their facebook uh article mm. of something that i know might cause a little bit of a stir mm. or i'll go to the express news and i'll you know and I'll, and i'll same thing i'll go to their facebook and i'll see something that causes a stir mm. and wanna, of course there's always want... comments there and at least one of them i know pisses me off and that's where i start you're looking for a pot to stir is what oh I'm yeah yeah and usually i'm just i'm appealing to their lack of intelligence i guess you could say they're they're ignorant ignorance. shit they're ignorant shit <laughs> and i call that out uh i'm pretty snide about it you know and maybe use a little bit of my debater skills from back in the day uh go back and forth a little and and, and when it, and, and i get petty too because sometimes i'll just go straight for the grammar <laughs> <laughs> the difference between there, there, and there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say I can't hear you because uh, you wrote the wrong here. You wrote H-E-R-E, you know. <laughs> now, let me ask you, because we, we both have videos of our poetry uh-huh. that have circulated the interwebs. Yes, uh, yes they have more than me, and, and they've got more views than mine, so yes. But yeah, I've got they're one. out there. I have, one, I have at least three with you. That's right. <laughs> Do you look at the comments? Do you read the comments? When we, um, when they first come out, you know, uh, I remember looking at the comments, like on Mexican American men. Mm. Uh, I remember reading some of the comments uh, that in some of the one that news site that a guy reported in, mm. and um, I felt I felt a need at that time to defend ourselves in some way from some of the commentary mm-hmm. because people are hateful. People they are. People will find any way 
to to brandish a sword uh, behind the anonymity of a screen, right? Right. Uh, and luckily for us, there are people out there that have no problem calling out some ignorant shit online. Yes, exactly, because at some point you got to say, "This is a whole lot of comments," and you know, let somebody else do the let someone else do the defense. I don't need to. Our guest tonight is no stranger to the comments section. Not at all. Not at all. Some would say she she thrives in the comments section. She's what, what some of my friends would say that she uh, gives zero fucks. Ah! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look upon this field that is barren. These are the fucks that I have to give. <laughs> so yeah, Eddie, tell us about our guest tonight. All the way from Atlanta, Kyla Janae Lacey, an expert third person and Tinder bio writer. She also dabbles in poetry and has been featured by Pop Sugar, In the Now, and Afropunk. Her work has garnered awards upwards of 40 million views and even a few celebrities follow her, but it's her cats that keep her humble. She is her mother's favorite daughter, which really works out because her mother happens to be her favorite mom. She's written for Huffington Post, BET, The Root, and viral statuses that were eventually stolen from her. She's got a book out, and it's called Hickory Dickory Doc, I Do Not Want Your Cock. Uh, I'm not sure if she'll be reading from that uh, today, but I have heard parts of it, and it is, uh, it's a children's book, but like for adults. So it's really, really good. Uh, anyway, my first me uh, memory of Kyla is her carrying this this canvas bag full of board games uh, and the host hotel at Southern Fry back in Little Rock. I think that was 2015. Mm -hmm. uh, but a recent memory is of her uh, jumping up and down during a performance of Puro Slam's uh, Loco Nuts mm -hmm. poem. Mm -hmm. uh, Where at, we almost got a chair thrown at us. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was, it was a pretty amazing, amazing. She was one of the ones jumping up the highest. So mm. uh, I, I want to thank her for that. Is she here? Where is she at? Hello, where are you at? Come join us. Be a part of this. There she is. Yes, wait. Let's unmute her so that we can we can hear her. Hi. Fabulous voice. Hi. Are you sure it was board games in that bag? <laughs> you know, that's what I interpreted. Because I remember, I do remember at some point playing uh, Taboo. Because I do love a good board game. game. Okay. But I also love having other stuff in my bag. So I didn't oh, okay. know. All right. Well, I'm sure it was a... I was going to ask what was in your bag. I'm sure uh, it was a potpourri yeah, of things. Hot sauce. Definitely hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I know you loved board games? We could have played when I, I was in I love board games. I love board games. I love board games. And another little known Kyla fact. I love arts and crafts. Mm. I paint and yeah, I'm like very Martha Stewarty. Okay, I'm gonna put this on here because we're gonna talk about board games a little later. Uh, but and I do need to ask, how are your cats? How's Kitten they're Caboodle? They're okay, they're not in the room right now because they don't know how to be respectful of Zoom calls. Mm -mm. And the dog would be jumping back and forth. There's a dog here too. Well, so just wanted to make sure the whole family was still yes, safe. Yes, I, I gave them some chicken and I like ran and closed the door. Cute. <laughs> Cute. Well, let's go ahead and start this off the way we do every week and just hand the show over to you and let you spit some of your poetry. Oh, hi, Amir. Um, thank you for the text. Thank you for being a great friend. Okay. Um, since I'm having a great hair day. I'm going to do this poem because I love this poem. My curls are kinky. They love to get wet. They love hot oil dripped all over them. They are gymnasts. They are capable of backflips and front twists. My curls have personality. They will flirt with your boyfriend. <laughs> they don't like them like that because see, my curls used to be shy and had to lie in middle school just to feel accepted. And I curse the day that they were ever made to feel that they weren't beautiful enough because my curls are untouchable. So don't even try them. Don't go near them if it's uninvited because they're homegirls. Coco and Shade will fight you if necessary because my curls are feminists. They don't play that shit. They sophist ratchet. They woke up like this. Okay, they woke up a little more like Frederick Douglass, but that's okay because they like to be free to and shit because my curls have personalities. They violate dress codes. They like their baby hair with baby hair and afros. They are diverse. They listen to J. Cole and Fiona Apple. But please know that my curls are unapologetically black. They are activists. 
They're not pretty for black curls. They're not team dark or light skin. They don't give a fuck about colorism. They ex acknowledge that there were a couple of continents involved in their evolution, but they don't claim that shit. They're not hashtag team mixed chicks. My curls aren't racist. They have blonde friends. They don't need Allure magazine or Vogue to tell them how to be, but trust my curls are into fashion. They love silk scarves and cute little hats. They hate Kim Kardashian because she will try to appropriate their fullness and body and curves and say she was born with a naturally bitch word. My curls love built-in pillow talk. They stay on my mind and yours too. They got you wrapped around their finger. They a little bit conceited. My curls have been heartbroken before, but had to learn how to co-wash that man right out of them. They may put up a front, but in reality, my curls stay are soft, even when they're rough around the edges. My curls think for themselves. My curls are water and grease and brush black girl blue magic. My curls aren't going natural. They are going back. They hunt black bodies for sport. Gold trophies. Call them badges. Gotta go into the neighborhoods. Gotta go into the natural habitats. Gotta go where the animals are at. Gotta snatch them back from Africa. Paid vacation. Go on safari, call it administrative leave. It is important to take a break after a big kill. Take a picture with it, frame it, front page coverage, set up a GoFundMe to ship the body back to the States because getting away with murder, I mean, getting away with a big kill can sometimes be expensive. Heads secure with ropes, heads hung over fireplaces, heads hung over from broken spine. Where is Peter when you need them? Some are worrying more about fur than coonskin. Some are worrying more about poached eggs than poached people. Stay away from their daughters. You know they got it out for African game. You know they will hunt you. Gotta take down the pride. Too many lying around whoever kills an animal to make it good. Leviticus 24, 21. Well, God be happy they're being such good Christians. Where is National Geographic? Some are snapping pictures of a noble savage feeding her cub, fattening it for slaughter. Her daughter doesn't go for as much on the black market, doesn't get as much media attention as killing a buck, doesn't cost as much as an NRA membership does. Everybody loves a good gun club. Everybody wants to get the next big kill. Cock guns and cock rifles. You know they always gonna get off. You know they always gonna go back to work. You know they always gonna return to the concrete jungle. Because you know what they say. You do what you love, then you never work a day. In your wild life. Retainer. It's a good time. It's a good time. I feel like I'm 15. It's fine. It's fine. I'm planning my quince. It's fine. Bitty bitty bomb bomb. Okay. Um. <laughs> um. Okay. Um. The lexicons of the relationships that shape us like hexagons. Never read stop and watch your inner circle. Who pretend to be a bunch of squares only trying to box you in. They'll be your untimely undoing in the end because laughter is always harder the farther it is from your face. I forgot that thing. And honesty was lost with the crayon box that told you that the only thing stopping you was your imagination, not your association. Guilty parties part with filthy hands parting, asking for forgiveness and forgiving another handout. Hands out of pockets are the most welcome. My hands across the face are the most received. These same hands cover my eyes, trying to deceive me. Keep your friends close, but dispose of those who consort with your enemies. I loved real hard when I was hardly loved. It's my fault. I can't blame anyone for my bad taste. The bad taste in my mouth found out that I was laughed and talked about, but it's okay because I'm the one who put myself on display. Send a stage so I could be aimed at. It's a shame that even when they hit me, they don't know they're doing themselves in because friends are nothing without each other. These knees weren't used for praying nearly as much as they were holding and supporting these legs up that would walk a thousand miles for another. Guess that's why you've forsaken me. Feet blisters so I would mistakenly dare ask you to walk at least one in my shoes. I'd rather buy you a new pair. But you probably stare at me and kick me when I'm down with them. And now we are no longer down for each other. The scale of amicability when friends split vary as much as the lies that in it. So it's okay if you talk about me behind my back. Just tell the truth. Tell them all the things that I did for you. Tell them that positivity surrounded all of my actions and that negative ions had an eye on everything I tried to become. Take all your false charges, add them together, and we are still left polarized because you can't attract positivity with lies. Too bad you can't look me in my eyes when you stab me in the back. Because I loved you like a, no, we were better than that. Well, at least I thought so. Or maybe I just thought so or not at all. So it's wrong for me to call you thoughtless when really it's my fault this situation happened in the first place. 
And now I find myself trying to rebuke your fake public hugs and kisses, not in the attempt of being hostile. It's just that Judas is my least favorite apostle. It's possible that one of us got, forgot the adage, don't fight the hand that feeds you. It's no wonder my hands have been so abused that the numbness makes me feel bound. See, I held you down and you held me under. They say the true scale of a friend is one who will stick around when situations get difficult. You got thin, became non-existent and disappeared. But I should have held myself in higher esteem. See, just because you hang around the same people doesn't make them your peers. So it's my fault. I'm the one to blame for sometimes having bad taste in friends because see, friends and foes start with the same letter and they both can F you in the end. Tibby, can I do, should I do one more? Okay, all right. I'm gonna do my best though. Burp it out or something. I don't think that works, but. The open hand from a lover hurts a little bit more than the closed fist from an enemy. Tastes a little too familiar, too close to home, too close to childhood. Get your kids before someone else does. Put them back in their place, cowering quietly in corners, suffering in silence, trying to have nothing to cry about. Raising your voice is important in raising a child. Call it loving out loud. Treat me like a child, one who does not listen, one who needs discipline. If you never learn your lesson, then you are doomed to be repeated, daddy called. He heard about that poem I wrote for my ex-boyfriend, demanded his number, wanted to talk to him. I wonder if he wanted to pass down words of wisdom, trade secrets. I couldn't understand why he was so angry. Maybe he was just jealous. Didn't I learn how to be loved the way he taught me? Wasn't I finally obeying? They say a girl learns how a man to treat it from her father. Didn't I seek his likeness in my lovers, attempting to recover fragments of my broken childhood and my bold smile. He and daddy both drove Cadillacs, both drove me crazy. Both exhausted me, both gaslighted me, both showed me that putting your foot down can easily backfire, both showed me that sometimes love was about accepting apologies you were never given and that sometimes it hurts. Daddy said, it's the thrill of the chase. He would have been proud of how fast I finally ran away. Dance with my daddy, dance with my man. Both taught me how to tiptoe around their tempers. So much in common, I could have taken on both their last names and still had the same ending. Yay for the fake clapping noise. We do what we can. We do what we can. And just so you know, Kyle, people are twerking all over this comment page right are now. Are they really? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They know my spirit. There's they a lot of twerking. Poets twerk too. And your gold hoops accent in your poem, by the oh way. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm seeing that from Akeem. Mm. These things are happening. So let's get into it. How, so I just want to ask, you know, like you, you mentioned earlier, like you're, you're at your house, you have a lovely house, you have hosted me. Thank you. I, I have that. in my, in my fixer upper, <laughs> more upper, I mean, fixer than upper, but yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so how are you doing in, in times like these right now? Like um, I lost a few college shows and that's like a lot of money. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm okay. I'm okay uh, for a little bit. Mm -hmm. What are you, what are you doing to like I, mentally stay? Yeah. The okay. first, the first couple of like weeks, I was like, wow. And I like made a garden, and you know, it was like painting, and you know, there was like, you know, like, oh, I should do this. Then you know, and then I hit a lull. I had a mm -hmm. little bit of a lull, and I was like, oh, Kyla, come back, come back. And so um, now I'm back. No, back to the gardening. Yes. Zen moments. Yes. I didn't finish um, my bathroom, but I did start it. Hmm. Well, you might have more time because. Yes. Know. It's only been like a month and a half. It's been like completely. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get out of this anytime soon. And like, I mean. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm taking the scenic route to, to um, home improvement. I'm taking the scenic route. You're, 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 you're the Atlanta mayor and the Georgia governor aren't talking to each other, right? Yeah. I think probably part of it too is the indignation, you know, like I, how dare a, a black woman defy me, defy me. But oh. I mean, like, you know, mm -hmm. he's still the election anyway. So mm -hmm. I mean, real talk, real talk. Um, so you mentioned earlier that you, you know, like, like a lot of working artists, you know, like you lost some, some college gigs with this shutdown. Uh, so you do primarily uh, make your living as a touring and working poet. I do. It's a very weird thing. I do. Because it has moments where it's like, 
they paid me a lot, like a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money. And then there's times that I'm like, can I please have some more? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's such a, like a wild ride. Like, I mean, it's literally, not to put anybody in my business, but I mean, I've, there's been times I've had $10 in my account mm-hmm. and there's been times I've had 10 grand in my account. And mm-hmm. uh, both of those things have happened. <laughs> um, and uh, so it's it's a wild ride. It's definitely mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, feast or famine sometimes, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, are you still getting my house? <laughs> you know, that's how bad it's been at times. Yeah, yeah. And are you still getting invitations uh, to uh, like virtual ones to, to do? Um, you know, things are the college circuit is so like up in the air right now. Mm -hmm. So they're still trying to like, you know, do stuff. And I have some, you know, ideas and and things that are, I'm hopefully gonna, you know, do. I was also doing people's homework. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like very anti-plagiarism and then I'm like, I'm gonna decide here, check the student uh, conduct, yes. (laughs) Um, But um, I should be okay. You know, I mean, uh, there have been opportunities that have definitely been knocking my door a little louder than, than previously. So, Mm -hmm. so uh, for this month, we've been really focusing on like in our conversations, the like business of poetry, right? And you had Amir on last week. Yes. Yes. Amir representing the like producers and organizers. And so. And he does a little poetry. Sometimes he spits some poems. He's got a a couple. He's got a couple. Uh, So for those that don't know what life as a touring poet was like before the pandemic, uh, can you talk a little bit about like what that, what that kind of like lifestyle living entails, you know, what is Um, it? You know, even when I have like downslopes, I think I do better than a lot of poets. Um, um, you know, it's very weird when people are like, oh, I want to be a professional poet. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, and it's not like, a, a, you know, like taken from me. It's like, don't do that. Don't do that. Like, it's not it's not for the faint of heart. It's not and not to be a jerk to people, but it's not something that everybody is going to be able to make a living from. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know, it definitely has amazing moments, right? Like, it's weird that, you know, like, oh, wow, okay, I'm in curriculum in people's classrooms or, you know, they're, you know, watching my stuff on, you know, multiple continents. Like, that is is weird. And um, I've even been recognized a few times, which is like, you know, <laughs> kind of weird. And then I'm like, I come home and I'm like, does my AC work? No, it doesn't. So, like, um, uh-huh. So it's weird, you know, it's like a weird juxtaposition of having this like a claim, but not necessarily having anything to claim in in the process. Um, but I have, you know, I like I, I've I've had I've been to over 40 states. Um, one of my favorites is Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to Texas shit, like maybe 20 times. Who knows? Um and I was able to take my mom on a really, really cool trip to Hawaii on points. I was mm-hmm. broke as fuck too, which is hilarious, but uh, uh, we, we made it work. I literally, $200. I was able to, uh, the flight was $11 each. Yes. That's, That's how you do it. I had so many points. And then I was like, I was uh, diamond with Hilton. So they like fed us those. I was like, you know, so it was like, you know, stuff like that. Like, you know, I, and she was surprised because she literally didn't know until we got to LA where we were going. So there have been like amazing moments where it was like, wow, people really paid me money to talk. Um, but they're, you know, I've, I've cried in the airport or two. Um, mm-hmm. I have, I have woken up too many times at four o'clock in the morning and I am not a morning person. Uh, <laughs> I have, I've cried at, uh, yeah, I said that already, but a gate agents, like all of that. So mm-hmm. um, I have endured some of the worst driving conditions. I've spun out in Minnesota. Um, I've experienced interesting racism because um, each region has their own little spicy kind of racism. Boston is the worst. Okay. It's, it's the wickedest. Um, <laughs> I've experienced super nice people in like, the you know the weirdest places that I didn't expect people to be like super nice Iowa and Wyoming. Oh. Um, I've driven across New Mexico. I 
you know, four corners. Like I've been able to see so many amazing parts of the country that mm. on my own too, you know, like um, Maine, like, you know, like, <laughs> like four What's times, in Maine? You know? but I said like four times, right? Um, I hit a deer in Maine. I did. And I cried. Um, and I almost hit a cat. You guys know if that would have happened, it would have, I would, it would have been. <laughs> so uh, snowstorms, uh, mountains by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got caught on Bighorn Mountain by myself, and uh, I was pretty sure that was it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I don't think people realize like it's a it's a lot, like it's a lot, you know. And then you're like, you do all of this, you're like, I hope they like me. Yeah. And so yeah. How do you decide? Because someone's asking, how do you decide what poem you're going to share each particular? Uh... Yeah. Sometimes it's like which one I remember. Um, real talk um sometimes it's you know i want to try this one because it's new or um you know i'm feeling this one um sometimes i know just like what people would like and i kind of work from there so it really is um you know i I guess people are like i i I think from the ancestors like the ancestors don't want nothing to do with me but people are expecting is like there is some sort of you know divine and it, it could be you know i'm just not not you know receiving it uh it at least you know consciously who knows so. yeah mm-hmm. but have you ever had that one where it's like what that one worked here like oh i have so the manual is such a popular poem at, like and i'm like why don't people like that poem um <laughs> and like, yeah, that one is one that I was very shocked that, like, whenever I do that one gets, like, um... A lot of response. Yeah, yeah, that was one, like, my mom loves that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that was one that I was kind of, like, mm-hmm. hmm, about. So let's talk about a, po- a poem that has recently exploded, um, you know, because you're one of the poets, too, that has kind of again, for lack of a better term, exploded on social media. I think I might have the most viewed poem of the 21st century, but it, I don't know. It I might, mean, it I might. I went and did a little research. So there's uh, on YouTube, based on the Right About Now version, the deaf, all deaf version, and your visual poem, it has over 740,000 views. Right. And then on the Right About Now Instagram, it has like 1.4 million views. Right. Uh, and that's not, you know, that's not even counting all the different platforms that's like right. HuffPost and whatnot. Somebody had on their Instagram, somebody had it with 3 million on their Instagram and I think yeah. somebody else had it with two. So how um, has that kind of no- notoriety? Facebook, yeah, on Facebook, it was, on Facebook alone, I know it's over 20 million. Okay. So uh, yeah. it's huge. It's out there. Yeah, yeah. People know yeah. you um how has that kind of notoriety i mean i guess it's it's kind of weird because we're living in this like shut down time to where you know like i don't know how much you can ride that wave but like how has that notoriety and that kind of like worldwide spread affected life you um i feel like imposter syndrome sometimes which people would be very shocked Mm -hmm. to know about me um so it's kind of like I've gotten some amazing like possible opportunities and I'm like, can I do it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm able to do this. Like, I don't know if I'm able to give them what they want. Um, one of the things too, because it had a w- two waves. And so this was a second wave. It's it's like Corona. Um, <laughs> Except we're still on the first one. Right. <laughs> ah! um, but one of the things was this, the first time there was definitely way more negative experience with it. Um, and it was like weird different demo- demographics like had a different approach to how they, they treated me and my work. Mm-hmm. Um, racist white men were very like um, in my inbox and like, you know, you're a bitch or, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you finally figured me out. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Everybody knows. Um, And they were like, or they'd say something like overtly sexual as if they were going to fuck the activism out of me or something ridiculous like that. I'm like, get out of here. Um, With um, racist white women, they were, they felt personally attacked. And I was like, Barbara, I don't even know you. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't even know you, Barb's. Okay, love the hair, love it. You um, should maybe you know like look right, into that feeling. Right. Um, so like, you know, you we, you know Republicans and guts. I said I mentioned none of those in my poem. No, said none of those words. So they took it very personally. Mm-hmm. Um, black men uh, didn't feel like I deserved to be tagged to my. And they I were, saw that threat. Yes, that happened <laughs> a lot, as you know. And um, that was kind of uh, disappointing to deal with. And one of the things is there's this expectation because I'm an artist Hmm. that um, I can get creative with my bills. And that's just not how things work for me. Mm -hmm. And so somebody was like, oh, because I was like, I just wanted to be tagged to my work. I didn't ask for money. Um, As you know, I didn't, people would be like, oh, you made, I didn't make anything from the Write About Now videos. and the little money that was made went back into other videos for other artists. But we were like, oh, you, um, you're you just money hungry. And I was like, no, bitch, I'm regular hungry, okay? Like, <laughs> you know, I do everything for you and you expect us to get nothing in return. MLK still needed MILK. <clears throat> and so there's this expectation that um, my labor is free and it's not. And when people, you know, supporting black businesses, supporting black artists, artists is supporting black businesses and there's this disconnect that people think oh it's fine it's free it's on the internet mm-hmm. you know somebody even watermarked my work and blocked me um i had somebody um send their followers to threaten me because their page got taken down um i had oh my neighbors are playing music really loud i was like Am I hearing things? My neighbors are playing music really loud. Um, so I'm hearing there's there's a there's a there's a pros and cons to all this yeah, fame and notoriety. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I tangent. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> You're good. Yeah. So there, I mean, there was definitely a lot of um, great, great, great things, and and people were super <clears> kind. And I don't ever want to not mention that the people were really sweet. And um, somebody sent me some edibles and thank you. And, um, you know, people donate or, you know, like people were really kind. And, you know, it was nice to finally put in so much work mm-hmm. and finally see some sort of acknowledgement from it. Um, so you're saying this time around, it was a lot more positive. Oh, yeah. The second time. time around was way, way easier emotionally. And if nothing else, it just kind of, um, as you guys know, I have a penchant for going back and forth with people in the comment section. But um, <laughs> hashtag clapback queen. Right. Listen, people don't know, and I'm like, you guys think that I'm like witty for like five minutes a day? No, bitch. don't turn Wait, it off. Are you serious? Do people not know? Because I think right. like people no, know. Like, where did that come from? Like, um, <laughs> but I've I've just learned to be like, all right, okay, it's yours. I'm not even going to argue with you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one thing that people, I think. Um, was hard for me the first time is that I was way more funny on Instagram the first beforehand. And so it made me kind of shell myself and like, I'll give it to Twitter, I'll give it to Facebook, but I won't give it to you guys. Um, Because it was this whole, you know, this woke queenness. And I was like, that is not me. Like I am, I am woke, but I like to sleep too. And I like to do ratchet (laughs) shit with my my hood rat friends. Mm -hmm. I like all of that. And I think that there was this, this immediacy and this need to, box me in and make me somebody that I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm multifaceted and I'm able to be spectrum and I, I twerk and speak different languages and shit, all of that, all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, I, cause I, um, I tried to tag you on Twitter for the show, but then it, something happened. Like I couldn't find you. Bah, se fue. My phone is breaking up. What happened? <laughs> yeah. Like why weren't you on Twitter? Oh, suspend it you know i mean it's like it's like you know fifth period you know the teacher was just like (laughs) the teacher was in a suspension and it's fine um i'm back under kyla underscore lacy um everybody everybody pay attention kyla j underscore lacy yes Uh you'll find her um in the twitter accounts in the sky because you are, you are, again, I don't know how people don't know, but you are known for being pretty, you know, uncensored and pretty uh, vocal about the things that you believe and believe in, um, which, you know. But I'm as, mostly right, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we can say that. So, you know, like you, you're Wait. definitely. 
Sorry. What? Okay. I'm sorry. My computer was doing some crazy stuff. I'm back. Believe me. Okay. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of gotten you into trouble in some corners, but I think also adds to the appeal of like, you know, when we're, you know, having this conversation with Kyla, we know we're going to get the real tea, right? We're going to get the that's truth and nothing true. but the truth. I, you know what? And I, I'm not going to be shady, which is, is a departure from uh, my norm too, too much, but I'll say this, you know, you guys know that there are some things that have happened and I got accused of some things. And I tell you what, it's real interesting that the same people will say Kyla is brutally honest, won't believe me when it's time to believe. Mm. So um, I have always been, you know, very upfront about who I am and the things that I say. And um, I am not afraid of an apology, as mm. even Eddie would know. I am not afraid of an apology. I'm not afraid to admit I was wrong. I'm not afraid to admit I did some things. Mm -hmm. um, but you ain't got to lie on me, or as I like to say, because I'm a better writer than you anyway. So let me come <laughs> Come uh, at me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, again, you're very vocal about the issues that you're, that you're passionate about. Um, and right also, now, like- I love this format by the way. Oh, thank you. I love that. <laughs> um, and then, you know, right now we're living like outside of the pandemic, we're living in like a huge social justice kind of like revolutionary time where, you know, I think it is because people don't have work right now that they're like, okay, I, I no longer have the excuse of like, well, I can't, I have to go work to feed my family are now out and really like trying to push for these changes. You live in Atlanta. I do, um, hotbed. Which is a hotbed. What is activism looking like in Atlanta right now for those of us that aren't there? And then how are you kind of balancing that with like staying safe um, in the pandemic? You know, I've been in those areas so many times. So it's kind of just like, oh, they're there. And I'm not like driving right now. So I'm like, um, right, you know, from here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, and I'm kind of on the outskirts that you remember, Chibi. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not like I'm like right there, right there. But I do know like some of those areas are always kind of a, uh, you know, there's always something going on. And one thing about Atlanta, Atlanta is filled with educated, smart, capable, um, economically sound black people. And, mm -hmm. you know, there is a lot here. There's a, there's a tension here as well. You know, there is racism here in Atlanta, even though it is a very black city, there is racism here. There is um, a division here. There is, you know, north of I-20, south of I-20, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So there is some definite div division here. And I mean, nothing else. Like I heard the fireworks every day and I was like, okay, I get it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You hate us. That's enough. You know, I get it. Yeah. Is there a lot of division within the community? Like, no, I wouldn't say so. Or no. is like a colorism maybe too, or? No, no. I mean, as in Atlanta as a general statement, no. And, and black people, colorism, yeah. But as a general statement, you know, people in Atlanta are like, hey, black, light-skinned person. <laughs> Love it on you. Love it on you. No, yeah. Uh, so I want to get to some of these questions from from the audience. Um, yeah, and I, I just found something out. So you have a background in history? I have a degree in history. I was oh. originally a foreign language major. Okay. And I was like, uh, fick das, or as the German would say, fuck that. <laughs> and then I switched to history and I have my degree in history. So we have two great questions about your work and your writing. So the first okay. one is, how does your background in history inform your writing? Um, so I'm very research-based. I like to be uh, correct, as you guys may know. Um, but I'm very research-based and I like to make sure that if I am doing a poem about like, like white privilege for me was, yes, appeal to an emotion, but it was also about, I'm going to give you these, you know, these facts. I want to give you this information. Mm -hmm. I want you to be knowledgeable. Um, you know, the way that my brain thinks is I don't know if I'm more right-brained or left-brained. I'm kind of like a really interesting dichotomy of of creativity and analytical skills. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very much interested in the 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 why and the how, you know. And I think history, you know, is important in dissecting how things happen. I think what a lot of times people say things or, you know, or, you know, slavery's over, you know, and it's like, um, you know, aren't you still wearing a Confederate flag? Like mm -hmm. and so just analyzing the logic and knowing that history does not exist in a vacuum makes 
you know, much more sense to me. And, and that's what comes out of my poetry. And then, you know, I was a foreign language major. And so I studied words. And so it was kind of like, ha ha, you know, <laughs> I, I got all of them, you know, like the tools to, to, to do the, do the poems. And, and I noticed that on, on white privilege, it's a very educated poem. I mean, thanks, you know, Eddie, you're it, a teacher. So that's like, yeah, a- no, like, I mean, it has a lot of like little tidbits in there. Um, how long did it take to write it? So you almost ran cross-eyed there. I did. I, um, I remember that it was warm out when I was writing that poem. I remember, but I was in Florida when I was writing that poem. So it could have been December. Um, but I know that I moved to Atlanta that summer. I wrote the poem. And so I would imagine it was written earlier in 2014 uh, like the summer. Um, I remember the first time I ever performed it was no, I like read it from my phone. It was still not completely edited in November of 2014. So it, okay. it sat for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had kind of performed it. And I remember my old roommate, who's a, a poet, but I'll just leave it at that. Um, and I remember they said to me, they were like, when did you do that poem? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's um, been in the notebook. It, that, yeah, that one took a, I think that one, that one took a longer time than they normally take. And I do remember researching and making sure that I was correct. Mm-hmm. I do remember that part. I do remember that, you know, that was definitely a poem that I researched and wanted to make sure I got it right. Mm-hmm. Well, that, you know, that's kind of like my second question. Then, Typically, how long do you go from page to stage? Um, and it's honestly, it could be anywhere from a couple. I remember when I first started doing poetry. God, when I first started doing poetry, I was so cute and young and eager. And um, now I'm just, you know, cute. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I could learn a poem in the same day, and it Mm -hmm. wasn't like perfect, but um, my poem Code Switch, which is one of my favorite poems, took years to learn. And when I mean that. I wrote Code Switch. I remember I was trying to learn Code Switch in 2016, and I still have. <laughs> I think I wrote that one. Code Switch is the you guys. That one was the one I did at Southern Fried Final Stage mm-hmm. um, last year. Yeah, and that's and that one's a really complicated. Yeah, it was last year, right? <laughs> but it was a complicated poem because I switched um, voices, you know, back and forth, and I mm-hmm. uh, say the same thing but in different ways, and so it's like. My brain's like, I don't know what to do. Um, so sometimes it's, you know, uh, I don't owe you shit. It was like a, a week maybe. Mm-hmm. But then I, you know, that I learned that. But then that's also the poem I dropped the most. So go figure. Um, and yeah. so it's really like, it's really a spectrum. And that's even with the writing process. Like some poems, like I can write, wow, you know, now or like I wrote a poem, bitch. Yeah. And some poems are months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have a question again about your work. And uh, the question is, how important is accessibility to you in the creation and sharing of your work? Um, I mean, obviously, people know me because my words work has been accessible, you know, mm-hmm. but also part of that accessibility people don't understand is um, acknowledging who the author is, acknowledging who the artist is, because say you do share some of my work. Say you don't even think about it and you don't care and you don't care if I get credit for my work. Say somebody does really like my work and they can't find me and then they can't find other work. And then, you know, and not only that, what people don't understand is there's a network of, of, of artists, you know, you may not like my poetry, but you might like something else that you see on right about now, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, and there's other artists that can be exposed just by acknowledging one artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So that's oh. accessibility. You're like, boom, I'm just going <laughs> to drop, drop, drop the pen right there. And I literally dropped the pen. Excuse so me. people are asking, and I'm not, I mean, it's up to you, but. No, go ahead. Uh, You're getting requests. Hi, you Mom, watching. They want you to do white privilege, but not necessarily, you don't have to do it right now. Maybe you can do, do it at the end. I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the crowd is demanding it. You don't have to, but it's the crowd. You know, you don't you have to do it. You still have one poem later. later. You it's still your, have your, your closing poem. That was what I was going to end with. That's what I was going to end with. There you go. All right. All right, so let's now move we're on. We're going to copy and get all these millions of views to ourselves. You know? Let's move on to some serious topics, okay? <laughs> Board okay. games. 
Okay. Yes. Board games. <laughs> Board games. So what are your favorites? Taboo we- is definitely my fave okay. and then Trivial Pursuit right behind it. Okay. Well, it's, uh, that's kind of interesting though that you who are known for your comments. Yes. And Taboo is well, your I favorite. love, so that's really what poetry is. And I actually use Taboo in workshops and poets, but not steal my ideas because I know y'all poets love to do it. Not y'all, but the others. <laughs> Um, but no, I use taboo in my workshops um, because one of the things about taboo is it it allows you to think about metaphors and allows you to think about because what a metaphor essentially is is the the alternate definitions of a word mm-hmm. being used as a double entendre in a different way. So taboo uh, like makes your mind think of the other ways to express that word, mm-hmm. and that's why I love taboo so mm-hmm. much. Now, did you? do that maybe in your foreign language classes back when you're foreign language major major no we had derivatives though so i did like the etymology of the word egg in french today on my facebook did you see <laughs> i saw it? i saw yes love and um <laughs> so because like that was when we learned derivatives so the etymology of the word egg right so uh love <laughs> is the french word for egg and when they were playing tennis the french would write a zero which would look like an egg and so they would call it love right and then because the french love articles it's spelled l apostrophe o e u f which means literally the egg and so without the l it's pronounced up which means that it has also same derivative of the word ovary and that is why we ovulate do you uh do you listen to uh away with words it's a podcast no but that ironically i that was the name of my first poetry album because i had like yeah it was like a bird thing so it was like away with words (laughs) so this is a way with words and it's literally a dictionary editor and an etymologist that just take questions about language and where it's from and how we use it gonna like because the nerd in me is like yeah. It's it's phenomenal. Yeah. You need to go oh, look it could, up. Yeah. Away with okay. words. That's I love it. I love on this public radio. Uh, in case you're, uh, that's 89.1 if you're in San Antonio. Uh, <laughs> it's true. But, it's true. Uh, so I don't know if you know this because we are board game aficionados here. Listen, in Hippie, it's on. It's on. Oh, have you played Mastermind? <gasps> no. So my friend, my friend, my <laughs> friend, my friend turned me onto the game Mastermind. It's somewhere around the house. Of course, Cards Against Humanity is great. Mastermind is great. So my friend turned me on to um, Mastermind. And the thing about Mastermind is it is, um, it's like a strategy game. And so it's like, you have to, like the person picks colors and you don't know which colors they pick. And you have from six colors to kind of decide what their combination is. And um, I was able to guess it really, really quickly. And he was like surprised at how quick I caught on to the strategy of the game. But I love it. And I love playing with other people because I know the strategy and they don't. Yeah, we we double down over here and like ha- like we play Risk for like eight hours. I've or, never played Risk. Okay. Uh, you want to talk about strategy so games. Gonna, so we're gonna get on um we're gonna get on house party and we're definitely gonna do the trivia because okay. I kick ass at trivia as well. I, yeah, like my I've always wanted to be on Jeopardy. Like I've auditioned for the show a few times. Yeah. I don't kick ass at trivia, but crazy face and shaggy. Uh, I don't know those games. You'll have to. You'll have to teach me. No, no, no. So you know Sarah. Sarah Timmons, Crazy Face. That's that's her nickname. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. She's a trivia genius. Eddie plays trivia. Like we used to go on. We're actually on the same team. We all used to go. So yeah. next time I come to San Antonio, trivia night. This is going go down. It's going yeah. downtown, Julie Brown. No, yeah. we got to like. Um, I mean, my Facebook down, like, uh, uh, memories are, are telling us we always go to the finals here in San Antonio for trivia, and it's our it's our little. Bodo Slam group, basically, who becomes a trivia team. And uh, we're usually in the top, top 10. So. It's legit. That so you know, we're, we're very smart poets. I don't go don't often, but when I do, I have the like musical theater trivia down. <laughs> That's about all I can contribute. One question. <laughs> the one question. Um, so the other thing I want to talk about. Okay. Because you made a post recently. I did. Oh, geez. About how much in your adult life you now love storage containers. Storage containers! Oh my God! <laughs> I don't 
know if you know this, but like the container store is its own little version of heaven, like a place for everything and and everything in its place. And it's not just storage containers, Chippy. It's like stuff under the cabinets. Like I got, Mm -hmm. somebody gifted me with a $100 gift card to Target and I could have spent it on food. But I bought a a wall tower for my bathroom (laughs) and I love it so much. Um, And then um, like little, like anything that helps with my terrible attempts at organization, like I am here for like Mm -hmm. little closet inserts. I like, oh, I love all of it. I love all all of it. Especially in the kitchen, like ways to organize the Tupperware and like your little spice rack. My mom buys me Tupperware for Christmas every year. Like she knows my heart. And I have like (laughs) friends and I love it. Yeah, we, we, it's a huge, I think part of adulting is just I never, I listen, that was, I just, the things for adulthood I did not anticipate were um, I just expected way more sex, way more money, and way more <laughs> ways to organize the Tupperware, and and I did not expect, <laughs> however, how much I would love. Yeah. We, we, it's a huge and, part um, of- What else? I didn't expect how much I love Tupperware and socks and long johns. Hmm. Love a good long john. Love mm. a good. Love it because you know traveling up north all the time and like Minnesota and terrible places that are okay. like cold. Not saying that Minnesota is terrible, but <laughs> cold, cold places, cold places. Yeah, I, I think I only own one pair of Long Johns because Texas. I love Long Johns you know? and, I, and Chuck Taylors. Didn't see myself loving that those that much. Love really. It's my dad made me wear them, and I was like, this isn't cool. Like all the kids are wearing Fila's and Reeboks and shit, and I'm wearing Chuck Taylors. See, no, Chuck Taylors were Daddy definitely Taylor like my teenage. I still have my first pair of Chucks that I got. I'm not gonna say almost 20 years ago. Uh, I wore Chucks to prom. Uh, me too. Nacho cheese orange Chucks to prom. Mine were um, like a turquoise because my dress was like a turquoise, mm. like that color right there. Mm. I feel like we're bonding I, right I had now. The, I had the pro wing version, the Payless version of Chucks. Oh, yeah. That's all we could get. And uh, they fell apart a lot. That story. I feel like we're getting to know you really deeply. Yes. Right now. Yes. Which is basically what the show is about. Yes. I love the, I love the format. I love it. Now, uh, you could, uh, well, Chippy sounds like you had a follow-up, actually, to that. Not a follow-up. It was just an, another topic of conversation, because you did post, I don't know if it was today or yesterday. Uh, I was posting, Chibi, about, so. I know, I know, but you did and post. Like, I, I, I like my, see your memories came up about when I said that Beyonce is a great actress because she's been um, acting like um, Jay-Z was cute for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote that, like, July 22nd last year. And then the very next day, I got stung by a bee. That is a yeah. true fucking Oh, no. These things the are very happening. next day. I've been stung by a bee. Like, I've been stung by a bee since I was a kid. And the <laughs> very next day, I'm walking out of my house. She got you. Uh, but but the post that I was referring to was about another singer. It was Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. Yes. Today was the 11th anniversary of her passing. She's near and dear to my heart and clearly also to yours. Can you talk about why? I loved Amy. We were very close in, in age and birthday and um, like a week apart in age, less than that. Um, I was in a very abusive relationship uh, in my early 20s. I was in a very abusive relationship and um, her music really, really like helped me. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was sitting in the Boston Market parking lot and eating a chicken, quarter chicken dark with turkey gravy and drinking a lemonade, eating a cookie, crying in my 98 Honda Civic, Hunter Green. <laughs> I was listening to Tears Dry on their own and I was like, I should just leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> I should just leave him alone. I should just leave him alone. And mm. yeah. Um, and I remember like I'd heard rehab first and I was like, mm, it's not my thing. And then I heard love is a losing game. And I was like, hmm. and then I heard back to black and I was like, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting at my computer in my apartment, dial up internet. And I was just obsessed. And I, downloaded all of her songs illegally 
<laughs> and I was so obsessed. And I was like, whoever she is, she knows me. Like, she yeah. fucking knows me. And I I just hope that shit, somebody feels that way about my art. You know, like, that would be the greatest honor. Because I felt like she knew me. Like, mm -hmm. what the fuck? And even still, like, her music. I always quote, you know, um, I don't understand why do I stress a man when there's so many bigger things than him ahead. And I'm mm -hmm. like... Yes. Truer words. Truer words. Um, and I, I loved, you know, not even just her melodic composition, like she was amazing at that. But mm -hmm. even just um, lyrically, she was a genius, you know, like love is a losing game. And then two things. So one, um, she was able to take the song Tears Dry on their own and turn it into um a it was originally a slow tempo song oh really yeah cool. that version on linus is yes. so yes. much yes. better than the that original that's my favorite that's my favorite and mm -hmm. I, it's so funny how much i love the one the tears dry on their own version and mm -hmm. then i heard the one from linus and i was like it's mm. no fucking competition so uh -huh. true story true story last july i talked to Buster rhymes on the phone um yeah it's a true story <laughs> but that wasn't even the, the kicker he was in the studio with Salam Remy. And for those who don't know who Salam Remy is, Salam Remy produced half of Back to Black. Oh. And I got to talk to him on the phone and he was like, yeah, I've seen your work. And I got off the phone and I cried and he retweeted me the other day, but I got <laughs> off the phone and fucking who cried. I'm getting emotional thinking about it now. <laughs> um, but it was like early last July and I, mm. I talked to him on the phone and I like said, I was like, you produced, because like, like bus rhymes like, oh yeah, I'm in the studio with Salam Remy, you know. He was like, you know, and I was like, Amy Whitehouse. Like, and he was like, you know, like, I don't I, I don't care about nobody else, Amy Whitehouse. Yeah. And he was like, uh, I was like, Yeah, we were a couple of days apart and he was like, Virgo energy. Yeah, sis. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my god, this is the most rewarding moment of my life. <laughs> Never mind the four million views. I just uh. Okay, yeah, Lenny Lenny Kravitz and Billy Porter, those two are like uh-huh. I broke my phone. I broke my shoe with Lenny Kravitz and I broke my phone with Billy Porter. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's how you know if you break something. No, I broke. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch the movie, Amy? I did. I how cried. Hard I was I, that? I did. Of course I did. I was okay. upset. Of, of course. Okay. That was that was like I remember going to the theaters and watching that. And it I just watched being... it, yes. I I watched it by myself and I cried. Because I'm, um, you know, thug passion, you know, um, yeah. that was the passion part of the thug, you know. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we just saw a little piece of your heart. Which, if you all don't know, she has two cats, Kit and Caboodle. Kit looks like a stick and Caboodle looks like a noodle. No, Kit is thick. Kit, Kit is thick Kit is and Caboodle looks a noodle, like right? a long, thin noodle. Yes. And Caboodle has a sweetheart and Kit is an asshole. <laughs> or just a regular cat. Yeah. <laughs> they are what they are. We used to have three black cats. And people are like, you got three black cats? No, just one. He's just magical as fuck. He's just running in a circle. It's fine. It's the same cat. <laughs> oh, yeah. They are wonderful creatures. They and are also annoying little too. shits. There's a dog <laughs> named Mega. And um, he's my, my, my nephew, but I take care of him because my roommate's never home. So uh yeah and he is he steps on my chest and sips my face and sips my butt just like he's my dog so traditional yeah, dog shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i feel like this conversation has been really like i've really been to the core of like what we try to do and and it is get to know the poet behind the person behind the poetry um could you appease your fans who are begging for it and close us out with one more poem Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, let me get some water. I got some. Oh, okay. We won't look. Nobody look. Every, every turn. There's no way to like sexy way to drink water in front of a crowd of people. I've always said that. We learned your French. We learned your English. We learned your Spanish. We learned your Dutch. We learned your Portuguese. We learned your German. You learned our nothing. You called us stupid. That's white privilege. And I'm sure it probably hurts for you to hear those two words, kind of like gunshots and explosions from those commissioned to protect you, whisking past your ears. What is white privilege? It is the only five decades of legal acknowledgement expected to correct 400 years of white transgression. It was cracked 
versus cocaine. Blacks receiving almost 20% longer sentences for the same exact offenses alike, for instance. A black man without a record is less likely to get a job than a white felon. Well, maybe it's because we're lazy and want to work hard enough. <laughs> what the fuck? 400 years in the same field literally is an incredible resume builder. Is Katrina answering the government's prayers of eugenics, Dick Cheney going fishing the next day, Condoleezza on a shopping spree, Bush in San Diego, but Kanye is the one you called crazy because like it only took the USA two days to get aid to Asia, but five for FEMA to get to Canal Street and Esplanade. It is the one black kid who beat the shit out of the odds, but only thanks to Sandra Bullock, Michelle Pfeiffer, and the white shadow, so now we all can make it. It's the only time thousands of white people are cheering for the black kid to win is in a stadium. It is you looking at me crazy if I told you to go back to Europe, even though we didn't have a say, and your great-grandparents came here voluntarily, it is you. All of a sudden having a problem with immigration, like, this isn't even your nation. How the hell do you discover some shit that wasn't even missing to begin with in Columbus, our traditions? Had white girls twerking in high definition with multicolored hair and purple nails, but it was ghetto when we did it. Or am I making you uncomfortable? Try a cramped slave ship. Oh wait, slavery is over now. It's just called the prison system. Cause like, you're not racist cause you don't use the N word, but y'all use niggas every day. What is white privilege? It is the acceptance of bombs over Baghdad, but not over Boston. It is European history being taught as a major and African as an elective. It is learning about my people only 28 days like I'm not black every fucking second. It's every white boy who wants to fuck my brains out, not because I'm pretty, but because I'm pretty for a black girl. It is people thinking that Africa is one nation. It is the waving of the Confederate flag like you didn't lose the battle and then telling us to get over slavery. It is people saying that black people destroyed neighborhoods, but forgetting that white people have destroyed continents. It is every time I bring up my plight, some white hat man has to tell me that I'm crazy, but it's kind enough to praise my English or say that we're all given the same opportunities, even though he has a family history of wealth. And I don't even know my family history at all. It is the justification of police brutality. Like, what did that person do? Well, I'm sure it doesn't hurt as much when the victim doesn't look like you. It is people thinking that affirmative action is an unfair advantage instead of keeping the qualified from being unfairly disadvantaged or throwing out a qualified African because their name sounded too African-American. It is Newports imported into Black communities, but Blackboards exported for weed. It is big plastic asses that are called fat when we naturally have them. And it's an Australian woman who's new classic of rap music. And it's everyone who hears this poem. Dismisses all this truth I just spit as reverse racism. That is white privilege. Now that I'm lightheaded, because <laughs> you power, you bulldoze through that. That is a cage pillow. Actually, Chibi, you're so weird, and I love every minute of it. Wait, no, the other way. Oh. It was a white elephant gift. I think this is maybe the second time we've talked about it on the show. It was a white elephant gift and it first arrived like this. And then my husband was like, what is this? <gasps> it's Nicolas Cage. He took Nick at the cage, look. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the the ironic part is I fucking hate Nicolas Cage. Okay, you know. <laughs> but I love that pillow. Nicolas Coppola. <laughs> That's right. Also, really? Frida Kahlo looks like Beyonce a little bit, or Beyonce Ooh. looks like, yeah. It's like mm. a, a, a Bialo, it looks. A Bialo? It's, yeah. it's a painting my mom made. Um, also, but didn't Beyonce dress as Frida Kahlo once? Or did Blue do that? No, Beyonce did, Beyonce did. She did for Halloween. You have to go look, research that now. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna write a new poem now. Akeem, because <laughs> I know he should know. Akeem's out here, He's he's been commenting. Uh, I can't see the comments. You'll have to go back on uh, Facebook and, we'll, okay, and okay, scroll through okay. them, but they are there. Answer uh, all of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> that was Kyla, Janae, Lacey, everybody, who please, you know, uh, we've written it into the comments section. You can absolutely tip her if you enjoyed her work at her cash app. It's there. I that's right. my breast production. That. Um, or she's got a website that's got a bunch of merch. Not only will you find her poetry book there, but she's got a fashion line. I do have some stuff. I do have some stuff. That's pretty legit. So go go to add some more read stuff. the book you got you got yeah, yeah subscribe to my um my my online um my webpage because i'm going to like release some new stuff like very soon so Ooh, and you heard it here first mm -hmm. yeah. exclusive thank you so much for joining us Kyla. this has been a phenomenal hour i wish that i could like you know see you guys in person but you know <laughs> mexican beer so 
<laughs> That's all we got. That's all okay. we got. So that was Kyla who's joining us this week. Eddie, who do we have coming next week? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Next week we have the uh, former poet laureate of Houston. Uh, an amazing, she writes for Texas Monthly, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite magazines. Um, we have Deborah Mouton, <laughs> Deep. So uh, make sure you come and stop by and, and check out this this interview. Deborah Deep Mouton from Houston, who is not only an amazing poet, but amazing organizer, amazing instructor, amazing mentor, amazing coach. Like, she writes more than poetry. She writes like, you know, she writes fiction and stuff. Yeah, so she'll be joining us. She was the uh, Poet Laureate of Houston, like Eddie said. Again, we've uh, this series, we've been trying to like focus on the business of poetry. So we brought you publishers, we brought you producers, we got you t- touring poets, and now uh, Texas Poet Laureate. Uh, and that's gonna be happening next week here on Words and Shit. Thank you so much to everybody who joined us tonight uh, and to everybody that's listening. Uh, that, that was Kyla and that's Eddie. And that's Chibi. And this has been words. I don't know. (laughs) And this has been words and shit. Y'all take care of yourself. Good Good night. night.